This episode of At The Bar is recorded on the lands of the Ghana people and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. I'm Jane Gretch and welcome to At The Bar, a podcast about running a dance studio, the highs, the lows and everything in between. As a dance studio owner, business coach, leadership expert, and the founder and author of Dance Step, a dance student teacher education program, my mission is to educate, encourage, and empower all I serve. Each week, I'll share a mixture of solo episodes and interviews, sharing ideas, hopefully making you smile, and reminding you that you are not alone. So, what are we waiting for? Join me at the bar. Welcome back to the bar. It's your host, Jane Gretch, and today I'm delighted to bring you a chat with Sharon Saunders. Now, Sharon ran um, her dance studio, Sharon Saunders Dances, for 31 years in regional Victoria, namely Kangaroo Flat. And in this chat, we just go right back to the beginning and talk about how, you know, dance studio owner life changed throughout that time and, you know, perhaps some of her learnings as well. This episode has been brought to you by Dance Step. It's the leading done-for-you dance student education program, and you can learn more about implementing it in your studio by visiting www.dancestep.com.au. Now, let's go to the bar with Sharon. Welcome to the bar, Sharon. I'm very sorry that we don't have any champagne because you and I like to have a glass of bubbles together. How are you? I'm good, thank you. And I was just thinking that we should have done it a bit later in the day. Right. Yes. It's 9.30 for me, 10 for you when we're recording, um, possibly a little too early for a glass of champagne, but like a 7 p.m. recording could have been super fun. For anyone else who's going to be on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Book in later. <laughs> Might be a little bit too honest. That's the problem. Bit of truth truth bubbles in my glasses of champagne. True. Um, we, we have not been at the bar together for so long because of that stupid C word. Um, and then I didn't, I wasn't able to come to VDF. So we haven't been able to see each other in such a long time. But during the last couple of years, you've really transitioned from owning your studio to now not most yes, most recently. Right. I know it was quite a journey for you. So you had um, Sharon Saunders dances for was it was thirty years in the end. Thirty one years. Thirty one years. Yes, it did start as Morong Dance Studio, but then evolved into Sharon Saunders dances because we moved into Kangaroo Flat from Morong. So. So then it wasn't yeah, two locations for a little bit, then brought them together and built our own space in Kangaroo Flat. Yeah, and I always loved your your space. So we'll we'll get to that as well. Um, let's go right back to the beginning because you are a bit of a legend in the dance studio owner circles. Did you know that, by the way? Oh, I <laughs> wouldn't say a legend. legend. I've just oh. been around a long time. Yeah, absolute legend. And let's go back 31 years ago to starting Morong Dance Academy. How, you know, why? <laughs> I was going to say why? how, but no, why? Well, 
like everyone else, I started dance as a preschooler and danced all my life, um, loved it. Moved from Bacchus Marsh, where I was dancing with Peter Faux Dance Ensemble in Melton and helping teach for Peter and just thriving and loving all of that. And then I moved to Bendigo and, yeah, I was looking for something similar and I couldn't find that. And then in the end um, I, I had my baby, her first baby, and then the next year I said to my husband, I'm just going to open, run some dance classes at Morong Hall for a bit of fun and exercise. And he goes, yeah, that's okay, as long as it doesn't affect the family. And, um, yes, it's for 31 plus years. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. Um, and, yeah, so I just did that. I put an ad in the local newspaper, the Bendio Advertiser, free classes this night. I think I had over 30 to 40 people turn up that first night. And that was it, started. This reminds me very much of um, Stacey Morgan's beginning. Her story's similar, you know, couldn't, yeah, like put an ad in the paper, people turned up, next minute, you know, here we are, um, fully-fledged business. um, And, yeah, I don't know, I think the advantage of running a dance studio is that it can really look like whatever you want it to look like and so, when you're talking about, you know, you had your first baby, you thought you'd do a couple of classes. I was just transported back to when I had Alana and, yeah, I had, you know, a couple of classes on a Thursday, like one on a Thursday morning, one on a Thursday afternoon and then a Saturday morning, something like that. Yes. And it was really lovely because it gave me something. Like I loved being a, a mum and and being a stay-at-home mum, so to speak, and all of that kind of stuff. But I really did look forward to my dance classes, just kind of something different, not holding the baby for a minute, and um, even though it was with other people's babies, so to speak. Um, Yeah, how did, I guess, as your children got older, how did that kind of fit in with your life? How did you make the dance studio kind of fit in so that it didn't, you know, yeah, good good luck, Damien, like don't affect the family, but... (laughs) Um, Sorry. (laughs) Well, the first thing was we were always intentionally, I was a non-competition school. There's a a lot of great dance schools in Bendigo and they're all mostly competition-based. Okay. So for me, I had no family around to babysit. Damien would come from concreting, pick up the kids, tea would be prepped at home and he'd have to cook dinner and get them to bed, that sort of thing, which was hard work, you know, and you never know what time he'd finish work especially in winter, the concrete's slow, that type of thing. So the kids would come from school. Um, so we moved from Morong Hall into Kangaroo Flat to a few different spaces before we built our own space. But, yeah, that, then eventually they would walk from school to the studio and yeah, be there until Dad picked them up and, um, yeah, obviously loved by people there as well and that type of thing. But, but stepping back a bit, like when I first started, like we had the tape deck, the cassettes we had to manually record and wind and cut and edit, which was fun. So fun. Um, and especially trying to do a concert tape at the end of the year. That was not I, Did you have, because this was pretty fancy when it came in, did you have the tape deck 
that had like the counter numbers on it. I didn't as a teacher, but I remember my mum was my first dance teacher. Yes. No, I don't think I did for a while. Oh, eventually. Yeah. I remember when she got it and she thought she was it in a bit. So she had her tape and then next to her, you know, class plan were these numbers like 12, 4, 6. And as she long as you, fancy. yeah, she was fancy. She thought she was fancy. Um, do you remember going from, um, tapes to CDs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember sitting in music stores for, you know, an hour listening, yeah. trying to find one song. Yes. Buying the $30 CD for one song. Right. I was so also often. reflecting on that. Yes. Yeah. So $30 CD, one song, none of this, you know, just look it up on Spotify, like the tech in our world, well, everybody's world, but when you're using music, you know, it, it's been amazing because we just laughed from tape to CD. I also remember going from CD to iPod yes. and I remember um, <laughs> I was a bit change resistant, which is hilarious because I, I was young, but I was like, I've bought all of these CDs. This was such an investment, you know, for a young dance teacher who was earning something like $14 an hour to buy a $30 CD. So I loved my CDs. Um, and I remember a dad coming to me at the studio and he's like, Jane, have you, um, have you seen the new iPods? <laughs> you can put all your music on this. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. And now here we are. We just kind of plug in our iPads or something and have the whole world at our fingertips. Um, but let's talk, can we talk about marketing as well like so because you said you put an ad in the paper and I was like yes how good was that <laughs> yes and then I would really make posters and they were we had no computers we had no typewriter I mean my girlfriend was a secretary and we eventually had some printed typed up newsletters but whoa written to start with yep and, and yeah manually done posters and I'd take them around to all the schools and that's in a big radius in mm. our area. So we would have to drive and drop off posters everywhere yep. and put them in that newsletter if I was able to, which was yep. always a bonus. Some would, some wouldn't. Mm. But that was the best advertising was the schools and kinders, mm. childcare. You know, well, there was not really much childcare then. No, different again. Yeah, yeah lots lots yeah. of childcare centres um, now. So, yeah, definitely that um, word of mouth. Yeah. Obviously yeah. the biggest one. But the schools was, you know, Awesome. Go, go with the yellow own. pages, which was expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Do that. It, and then probably just like at the start of the year, you do your, your ad with the local paper. Local paper. You paid enough, you got the, you know, the editorial as well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I've got, like. have you got those? Have you got your, some yeah, of your, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so cute, yeah. aren't they? I've got them as well. And I'm actually kind of really glad that I do because they do feel like a little moment in time, you know. Yes. Um, and I remember being so excited about like perhaps the photographer coming up and taking a photo for if they did a piece or something like that, you know. Definitely. And um, now, I mean, obviously digital, we've talked about kind of digital music and digital marketing and social media and all of that. Like on one hand, it appears easier because you just throw up a Facebook ad, but then on the other, it just changes so fast. And there was something about 
like the first five, maybe six years of my studio that, yeah, it, it probably was more expensive, but it wasn't hard, Sharon. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt it was really easy. <laughs> Trying to navigate Facebook ads. Is yeah, not easy. not easy, you know, and so time-consuming. And I think that's where sometimes we, we start to question our why because we're like, we're dance teachers. We love being in the studio and we, you know, and, and now here we are with our own studio. And then next minute we're sitting going pixels and retargeting and all of this stuff when once upon a time we put it, uh, an overpriced, admittedly, ad in the local paper and the phone would go off the hook. And it would and it was my landline and they yes. were on Sunday night at 9.30 and they need to know now how much yes I was. Yes, exactly. I Yes, there was definitely that. And that's always fun when you've just settled your young children into bed or you're in the middle of it, aren't you, and the phone would ring. I reckon if, like, uh, something, an object in my house made a, a noise like that, my kids would be like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I mean, we that don't wasn't even... good. And then one Christmas, Damien bought me a, a mobile phone and oh. I was so excited. Less. But it didn't work in Morong because there was oh. no reach. <laughs> <laughs> Had to go outside and, you know, hold it in the right spot. <laughs> things have got better the, there. Yeah, as the kids, I was just thinking of you going outside on your mobile phone. I used to push when Alana was little, I would go outside and do the same. And, oh, yes, you can come to you know, preschool ballet, it's on Wednesday at 3.30, whatever, and I would put Alana on the swing. She loved the swing, and I'd just stand and push her on the swing. <laughs> oh, the things we, we did. How? Let's talk about your your kids, I don't, you know, not, not so much about what they're doing now, but, you know, you said they got older and they walked to the studio. Have you, have you chatted to them about, like, how they navigated, you know, dance studio um, life do they have any really they like pretty chilled about it yesterday he mentioned that i remember walking there and going to the office and playing in there you know that sort yeah. of thing um i remember elise in the pram as a baby and you know tap classes on and she's asleep and that's all good yeah um yeah i think definitely hard for them backstage at a concert that's tough you know especially when the stage where elise got to where she danced in lots of classes and she was exhausted and by the end of the night, you know, mum's been too busy to spend time with her but she's just exhausted. Yeah. And there's tears and just, yeah. just had it. Yeah. Um, that's that's hard, hard for them and hard for them because they can sometimes hear, you know, in the waiting room someone says something and it might be about mum mm. and, you know, that's tough. Mm. So, yeah, it's not easy but, but still good and they both helped it. I think Jackson said he did 25 concerts. <laughs> but yeah. you know, Lisa's been at every single one of them helping out and um, and Damien too. So the yeah. family have been very much involved in the whole show every time. I, um, I don't know whether you could do it without family support. No, I like, I mean, if you're, you know, if you're single or you've got a partner, then, well, that's still support, isn't it? Or you've got your parent. Like, I do yes. think you need. You need help, yeah. You need support and you need them to back you. Yeah. And yeah, help you through the, the harder times, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you because it is lovely. I think it's a wonderful job and I feel very blessed to have done it mm. um for as long as I have. And I'm I'm sure you've got, you know, very few regrets as well. But 
that yeah I'm, and no job is is easy at times is no. it you know like every, everything's going to have its yeah. have its moments I even saw actually just very briefly an article uh, the last couple of days about vets um, and I was like oh yes that it, it was for a country vet you know yes. and just that constant you know 24 hour call out and animals and and you know they loved what they did but they said oh it's wearing them down and I can I can see how every job has that but yeah I, it, I asked because um Alana is in year 11 and she has to do a research project and she's threatening <laughs> she's threatening to do it on um the effects of kind of hasn't gone through the the funnel yet with the teachers but the effects of um, small business ownership on children. And I was like, are you pushing an agenda here? I was like, I don't know whether I'm happy with that research topic. Because you'll it's, be involved quite heavily in that. Yeah. I was like, mm, I think that's a little bit too close to home. And, um, I mean, my kids have no complaints apart from the kind that you've already suggested. And like Elise has said, like, you know, she has no intention of being a dance studio. No. Either. Absolutely none. No. You know, because she knows how much hard work has gone into it. As much as we love it, it's, it's a lifestyle and a passion, but it's, it is 24-7 sometimes. It can be, absolutely. Can be, yes. Yeah, it can be. And and that's that's the, the challenge. So what did you do, I guess, what were your, your things that you would turn to, you know, like when you were like, okay, this is kind of taking over, it is like 24-7. What, what kind of things do you do just to, to stop? working or or did you just work through or <laughs> oh look just to go to the local footy and catch up with friends that's sort of that. thing, social like that type of thing but but getting out and getting support through you guys through professional development you know that was a life changer mm. because back in the start look we had no computers we had no 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 facebook groups no dance studio owners to bounce ideas off and share it all with and it wasn't until probably I went to Victorian Dance Festival yeah, that I really just found this amazing network of beautiful people that we could yeah. help each other. And from there I learned about, you know, I joined ATOD and then yeah. I joined Ready, Set, Dance and um, worked with Clint Salter and worked with Chantel Brucemer and then with you and just mm. learned so many skills that help manage that lifestyle. Like mm. Help yeah. us. I and really has grown me as a business owner and a leader from, you know, I was probably the shyest in the room in the dance class and at school. Mm. But I love to dance and I just slowly have grown as a person because of dance. That's all because of dance. Yeah, that that's the best part, I think. Like you can you can keep your dance studio small and just, you know, be a the only teacher and do a couple of classes a week. You can you can do that forever and there is no problem with that. At all, yeah. I think that's wonderful. Or you can grow it into something bigger, and then all of a sudden you find you you're learning all of these new things about business and about yourself, and um, it, it can be quite exciting as well. And I feel the same. I'm like, there are so many different aspects of this role that keep things interesting. You know, there's always so much to learn. And I'm actually right back at the beginning. I've put a lot of um, my teaching on autopilot, if that makes sense. Like I, you know, I've been teaching for 25 years and I'm pretty good at it. And so I just, 
I can go into a studio and just teach, but now I'm back kind of wanting to question about why I'm teaching something the way I am, back reading some of my early textbooks from, you know, um, when I started to learn how to be a dance teacher and things. And it's so it just I feel like I'm just kind of going around again, which is exciting. I'm glad you mentioned the local footy, though. I'm also... Um, well, I married a Melbourne man, so I had no <laughs> chance, did I, to not have football in, in my life. But um, my oldest, Alana, is also really into the footy and that's something we do together. We Particularly her and I like the, the women's league and I, just to have something completely different from dance is... A different set of people. Different set of people, yes. Yeah, Write that maybe. one down, listeners. Get a different set of people because otherwise it can be really closed in kind of I mean we love dance but it doesn't have to be our whole world right no. and I mean when the kids played sport that's that was when we really made a lot of extra friends and too you know people that you spend time with on the weekends yeah through yeah. that sort of through the kids you meet new people yeah, absolutely. That's been a challenge for me because all my kids have danced. My Liam doesn't particularly play sport. Um, and so my circle has been a little bit closed, but I've actively gone out in other ways to try and open yes. those circles up. Different set of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Doing it again because I'm I'm starting to volunteer at the hospital to cuddle babies. I saw that. I know, so exciting. Because <laughs> um, I'm a big sook. How long do you cuddle a baby for? Um, four hours at a time <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> um, but different set of people, you know, meeting different other volunteers, the volunteer manager and the That's staff. A good volunteer job. Yeah, oh, the best, apart from all of the immunisations and things, but that's okay. Everything that's worth it has its moments. Um, yeah, and you talked, let's let's kind of loop back to, you know, the advantages. We've kind of gone pros and cons, pre-technology, post-technology. Definitely for me when I first started, that feeling of sometimes loneliness until yeah, Facebook groups and things evolved. And then I was like, oh, I actually really am not the only one grappling with this. Yes. Um, if only we'd had that at the start, that would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. I can remember, I can actually remember feeling quite lonely some mm -hmm. nights in that, you know, Brian's always been very supportive, but he he just sees things very differently to me. And I always felt like he had the advantage of being able to look inwards. I was always looking outwards and he was looking at, you know, an interaction perhaps I'd had with a parent that I was upset about and he was like, mm, I don't really understand why you're that upset about it. And yeah, I was like, because it's, it's my heart. I am, yeah, <laughs> because so it's happening to me, you know, and it yeah. wasn't happening to him. So to be able to talk to another dance studio owner mm. and for them to go, yeah, actually I felt that. Yes. You know, wow. And to get James' difficult um, conversation <laughs> planner, <laughs> grab that if you can still get it. It's <laughs> so good. Difficult conversation planner. Yeah, oh, they did use you, it time. I use it. Yeah, I use it. Whenever I have something like that, I'm like, I'm just going to get the planner out and I'm going to sit here <laughs> with my cup of coffee and I'm just going to go through it. Um, I should definitely do that training again because it's one of the one of the best. Very good. Yeah, good. I'm glad it was useful for you. And <laughs> life, life is like a new, I was going to say a new chapter, but I feel like a new book for you coming, coming forward. Yes. Um, 
you know, we were just chatting before about you wanting to have the freedom. Yes. Yeah. Freedom to, to go and travel in our camper and, you know, travel the world when it feels right. Yeah. Um, when, we, when we want to, you know, not be tied to a business. Um, my husband's still working, obviously, but subcontract sort of work, so he can say no. Yeah. Okay, we're going. We'll be back when we're back. Yeah. I'm not having to worry about and I'm I am not missing um the emails and you know oh. just the constant work each day that I needed to do before. Um there's still lots to catch up on and before it'll really settle back to, to normal. But um mm. yeah, it's just nice to be able to have some freedom now because we're at the age where we want to be able to go and enjoy travelling and um and each Probably other. A bit fit, a little bit fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, each other, you've, you've been through all of this together and, and um, you know, I know you, you do have other chapters in your book that you've supported each other through. And so um, it's kind of like a reward, isn't it, And to yes. be able to get to this time. Yeah. yeah. And I, I hear you about the emails. I just feel sometimes that's another thing. <laughs> that you never know what's going to come in the never emails. Know. Don't want that one. Yeah, you never know. And that that kind of can have us on like alert all the time and to the point that like I don't have Facebook on my phone yes. because you never know what you're going to open it up to. Um, the same with email. I don't have email on my phone because I'm not disciplined. I, can't, I don't have the discipline to not check. If it's yes. there I'll check, and I'm bored or something, I'll check. Yes. Um, and I think that's partly why I feel so relaxed when I go away to our beach house in that there's no internet. I sometimes take my computer to do offline work, but I can't connect to the world and it's like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> space. It's important. Space. And I think for anyone, set boundaries. Like don't reply to those emails on the weekend. If you do, if you really want to do it and catch up, set it so that it replies to them. 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. Monday. So yes. they're not expecting you to be on call 24-7. Like, yeah. I can wait. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's really important. And I think do we not and that, on your phone if it's, you know, the best thing was getting a studio phone, which is only not that long ago. So I had my own personal number. And it's been, mm. That was really good. Yeah. Yes. Oh, definitely like space between because, Otherwise, it will just take over your whole life. Mm. It will if you let it, right? It yes. just slowly, mm. yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I know you didn't do comps. I, I don't either. And it was completely a strategic decision about just, um, I mean, I didn't grow up in a comp school, so that was probably part of it. Mm. Yeah, definitely part of it. But I saw my studio owner, my teacher, who I love and adored and still do, I saw already without that kind of comp part of it how hard she worked and, yes. you know, and I saw her son sometimes sitting at the front of the studio and things like that and I was like, all right, this is, this is all in. I don't need to, to kind of take over my holidays as well, um, you know, and she had family. Terry had family in uh, South Africa and so over that kind of long break over Christmas and January and stuff, she'd go back and see her mum and dad in South Africa. And I also remember thinking, okay, good, so this is the kind of job I can carve out space for my family in, but I'm going to have to do it, Mm. right? 
Yeah, and that long break and the school holidays was a blessing with such a blessing with no family around to babysit. Mm. So that was always our family time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I remind my kids about that. You know, um, sometimes if they're getting a bit whingy, if uh, and it's mostly Liam. God, <laughs> so controlling. You know, if I've had to, I've had to relief teach a lot at the moment. Um, for, for different staff and, and do more hours than I'd like as well. And, and he gets a little bit unsettled. Um, but, you know, I have to kind of remind him that, yep, yeah, this is, it's a little bit busy at the moment, but don't forget, like in the school holidays, when we're just cruising around together, you know, and, and over that summer break and that other mums don't get to do that. And no, we can have a really good two-month break if you'd like to. That's right, yeah. and right. And we do. We completely enjoy that I live for, I live for that as much as they do <laughs> like, bring it on bring it on. um well thank you Sharon I think you know I've I've sat here listening and um although it has sounded just like a, a conversation you know between friends you've dropped a few kind of truth bombs in there that I hope people have picked up on um and the best part about your story is that you are you have come to the end with such grace you know, like yeah, yeah. you, well, you I'm thought- at peace with it. I really am. I'm, I was ready. Um, yeah. I, I thought a few years ago, probably thirty years will be good, but then COVID hit around yeah. twenty eight or whatever it was. Through through, and a we just span had of- to fight to keep the studio together for the kids. We needed it to keep going. Mm. We needed it, and you know, I had breast cancer through that time, and mm. I needed it too. It was really important for me. It kept me busy. I had lots to do. Yes. the government, you know, yes. trying to keep the businesses going. There was plenty of work to do during that break mm. and that was really good for me. So that, that gave me a purpose through that time. Absolutely. lockdowns and, and treatment. And then now for us to come out of COVID quite strongly, um, especially with our preschoolers, not so much with the older students. Mm. Some of them sort of dwindled off. But yeah. But the school really is was in a good place when I've sold and I've sold to um, Jenny, who I, I know and trust, and we actually started out around the same time. Yeah. So for me to see my students and my teachers move to a new venue and still be together, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. So it's been um, a really nice finish, yeah. Yeah, and it's been nice. It really has been nice to watch, you know, um, particularly that transition over to Jenny and but also with you you know like I just feel kind of watching from afar so so pleased for you that um it is a ha- like a it has a happy kind of ending really yeah, doesn't it and yeah, really but more has. importantly a really exciting new beginning for you um Definitely. so onward ever onward the look out for our campus soon I okay. I'm going to be looking out for your camper. Don't you worry about that. And I will bring the bottle of, of my best and we will chat again. We will. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time with us, Sharon. Thanks, Jane. It's always a pleasure to have your company at the bar and I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sharon Saunders of Sharon Saunders Dancers. I did and I'm really cheering her on, wishing her all the very best for the next chapter in her life.
If you've enjoyed this episode, then maybe look back on some of the other interviews I've done with dance studio owners. I really enjoy these episodes where I get to kind of peek behind the scenes, inside the minds of other people doing the same thing that we are and helping us feel not alone. This episode, once again, was brought to you by Dance Step, the leading done-for-you dance student teacher education program. If you want a program that helps grow leaders and empower students, then head on over to the website dancestep.com.au and request an information pack. Thanks for joining me at The Bar. To find out more about past episodes, or how I can help you grow your own leadership or train student teachers, head to dancestep.com.au. Great leaders create leaders, and I'm here to help you be and do both. And please remember to rate and review me on your podcast player of choice. See you next time at The Bar. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 